Hey, and thanks for taking the time to listen with us here at Gospel Way as we seek to find rest in Christ. Please know that this is supplemental and does not replace your local church or the pastor that God has given to shepherd your soul. But it is our prayer that God will use these resources to bless you and point you to Jesus. All right, let me call our attention one more time to the book of John, chapter number 17. John chapter number 17, and we're once again going to read verse 6 down through verse number 19, but what we're going to be looking uh, more detailed at this morning is verse 6 through verse number 8. We'll go ahead and read uh, this entire second section of this prayer of Christ. In verse number 6, the Bible said, I have manifest thy name unto the men which thou gavest me out of the world. Thine they were, and thou gavest them me, and they have kept thy word. Now they have known that all things whatsoever thou hast given me are of thee. For I have given unto them the words which thou gavest me, and they have received them, and have, have known surely that I came out from thee, and they have believed that thou didst send me. I pray for them, I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine, and all mine are thine, and thine are mine, and I am glorified in them. And now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to thee, Holy Father. Keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me, for they may be one, that they may be one as we are. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that thou gavest me I have kept, and none of them is lost but the son of perdition, that the scriptures might be fulfilled. And now come I to thee, and these things I speak in the world, that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them thy word, and the world hath hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is truth. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I sent them into the world. And for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they also might be sanctified through the truth. Let's pray. Father, once again, we thank you for the privilege and the opportunity that you've given us to open your word. Lord, that we might look into it and see greater truths of you. Lord, we ask you this morning that you would illuminate your word. I pray that you would magnify yourself. I pray that you might make yourself known unto us. And Lord, I pray that we might 
leave here with even greater rest in you, greater rest in your truths, greater rest in your in your sanctification of our lives. And Lord, we will give you honor and glory and praise for these things. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We saw in our last study that God had separated unto Himself a group of people. God had given us to the Son and who came and did the redemptive work that needed to be done in order to make us fully fit to become God's people. We mentioned last week, and by way of introduction, we mentioned that Christ did not come to make God love us. He already loved us. He made us a fit recipient of that love. And in doing so, He redeemed us and He did the redemptive work on the cross of Calvary so that you and I could be reconciled to God. We could be reconciled uh, to our Creator. If I am a Christian at all, if it is because God has looked upon me and has set His mark upon me before the world began. He set His mark upon me before I was ever born, before the world was created. And because of that, because I am God's people, because I am a child of God, it causes me to want to know Him in a greater way to know Him in a more intimate way. The question that comes to mind is, if you and I are the children of God, and we want to know God, how is it that this literally takes place and becomes operative in our lives? How does that happen? How does that take place? The question is answered in these three verses. Jesus prays in these three verses, 6, 7, and 8. And the key thing that we want to look at this morning is the first statement that Jesus made in verse number 6. He made this statement, I have manifest thy name unto the men which thou hast given me out of the world. He has manifest the name of God. What is the proof that we have this has taken place in our life? How do we know that we are Christians? What exactly has happened to us to take us from the world into which we were born and place us into the family of God? You and I as, as mere mortals, you and I were born as children of wrath, and we were enemies of God. We were all born belonging to this world and subject to the prince of the power of the air. You and I were uh, had within us that spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. That is, that's who we were. You and I were dead in our trespasses and sins, 
And there wasn't anything that we could do about that. Not anything, not any steps, not any, not any 12 steps to a better person, not any, not any organizations that we could join that would make us fit to be reconciled to God. That had to come and only came through the Lord Jesus Christ. In these verses, we're told what it make what makes us a Christian. We are told exactly how that one becomes a Christian. There is the most extraordinary definition of the Christian here in these verses. Everything that is vital will be found in these verses. Those things that are vital to make us a child of God. And the thing that we want to key in on is the name of God. And we'll look into that here in just a minute. The key is to understand the whole passage is that it depends upon Jesus Christ and Him being the central theme of all of this Scripture. Let's put it this way. There is no real knowledge of God except in and through the Lord Jesus Christ. You and I have no knowledge of God outside of Jesus Christ. We don't. We can't understand God except that we know God. This world can try to come up with its definitions. It can try to come up with its formulas to know something about God. But there is no true knowledge of God without knowing God. You can't know about God without knowing God. You, can't, uh, you, you, can, you can talk to someone all day long and you can explain what you know as a child of God. You can explain what you know about God, but until they know God, they will never really understand God. Why? Because of who God is. No man can really have a knowledge of God except in and through the Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, Jesus Himself told us that in John chapter number 17 and verse number 6 when He made the statement, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto what? No man cometh unto the Father except by Me. There is no other avenue to God. That's right. There's no other way. There's no, there's no do better. There's nothing that can bring us to God except the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes. That is the reason it had to be Christ that died. It had to be Christ that was buried. It had to be Christ that was resurrected in order for you and I to know God. Yes. No man can really know God without having eternal life. What did Jesus pray in the first part of this, of this prayer? He said uh, in verse number 2, He said, As thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give, who? Jesus Christ. That he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. That eternal life is given unto us by Jesus Christ. That eternal life that is given unto us by the Lord Jesus Christ goes on to be explained in verse number 3 when he says, And this is life eternal. What is 
life eternal. What is the explanation? If you had to give a definition of life eternal, what is life eternal? The Lord Jesus prayed it in His prayer when He said, And this is life eternal, that they may know Thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom Thou hast sent. That is the reason there is no knowing God outside of Christ. And you don't have eternal life without knowing God. You can't know God without Jesus Christ. You can't have eternal life without knowing God. Therefore, in order for you and I to have eternal life, that eternal life is knowing God. It's not a knowledge about God. It's knowing God. He says there in verse number 3, And this is eternal life, that they might know Thee. He did not say that this is eternal life, that they might know about Thee. He said this is eternal life, that they may know Thee. The only true God. And the Lord Jesus Christ, whom Thou hast sent. So understand this, the key to understanding all of this scripture is what Jesus Christ prayed and what he said in verse number 6 when he said, I have manifest thy name unto the men which thou gavest me. He's manifest. If, in fact, the only point that I have this morning, if you're putting points down, the only point that I have is a name manifested a name manifested what name is that it's the name of God why is that important for us to understand how does our Lord bring us to this knowledge how does he let us know that we are God's people and that these various and glorious blessings which our Lord is offering his people will become our portion and we will have in the world as we live. He answers this question in verse number 6, at the beginning of verse number 6, and that is, He, the Lord Jesus Christ, has manifest His name. He's manifest the name of God. In the Scriptures, the name always stands for the character It stands for the perfection of the person, for his attitudes. It repeats what that person really is. When you look at a name in Scripture, we are looking at who that person is, what the makeup of that person is, who, what what they are. So we're going to look at the name of God. We're going to look at His name. That's what Jesus Christ said. He said that He had given eternal life, did He not? He said He came to give eternal life, and that eternal life was what? That eternal life was knowing God as the only true God. And knowing the Lord Jesus Christ. Not knowing about, but knowing God as the only true God. You you will not have eternal life and you do not possess eternal life in believing there are many gods and 
As, as someone that I talked to not too long ago talked about demigods or whatever those things are, whatever all of those things are, you're not going to have eternal life and you do not possess eternal life without knowing God. Right. Not just having a knowledge of Him, but knowing Him. Amen. And in knowing Him, you can find rest. In the Scriptures, the name always stands for the character. It stands for the perfection of the person. Take, for instance, the story that we find in Genesis chapter number 32 and verse number 22 through 32. You find the story of Jacob and Penuel. That was a momentous night for Jacob. He was about to go see his brother Esau. I remember they had had problems. There was difficulty between them. The birthright had caused a, a, a division between them. And he was about to meet his brother whom he had not seen in a great deal of time. And Jacob was even worried that his brother might want to just do away with him. He sent his... He sent his possessions before him. He sent his wives before him. He sent all those that were around him before him. And Jacob is alone this night. And as he's alone, he has a confrontation with a person. That confrontation he has with that person, he realizes before very long that this is a divine confrontation. He realizes this is not just an ordinary confrontation with an ordinary person. And what is the question that Jacob asks? The very question Jacob asks is, what is thy name? He didn't ask him where he came from. He didn't ask him, he, he didn't ask him other various questions. He said, what's your name? He asked him that question because he knew that in finding out the name, he would understand everything about him. Why? Because that name is important. That name is significant. It is no wonder that Christ prayed and prayed in this fashion with these words. He said, I have manifest what? He didn't say I have manifest you. He said, I manifest thy name. The name that is above every name. He has manifest his name. It was a very momentous occasion for Jacob as he was there in Genesis chapter 32. But think about not only that, think about Moses in Exodus chapter 34. The Lord descended from a cloud and stood with him and proclaimed the name of the Lord. What did, what did he tell Moses when Moses asked him? What did Moses ask him there at the burning bush? He said, who shall I say sent me? What did, Jesus, what, did, what, what did God say? He said, I am that I am. I am that I am is what he told him. He began to explain to him very remarkable things about himself. But think also in Psalm 22 and verse number 22, the psalmist puts it this way. I will declare that 
our name unto our brethren in the midst of the congregation, I will praise thee. He was going to declare the name of God to the midst of the congregation. I wonder whether we can come to the realization of the greatness of the need for every person in this world. The greatest need for everyone in this world is that they might know God. And it is the name of God that speaks of the essence and who God really is. They need to know God. They need to know the name of God because when they know His name, we really know God Himself and are coming into an intimate knowledge and an intimate relationship with Him. The final trouble that all of us have is our ignorance of God. Even after we know God, sometimes we're ignorant of who God really is and what God really is. We talk about God, we pray to Him, but the question asked everywhere in the Bible is, do you know Him? Do you know Him? The very necessity to know God. He has revealed His name to us. If we're the children of God, God has revealed His name to us. Do you know Him in the sense that His name is to you the strong tower that you can run to? He is our shield. He is our buckler. He is that which you and I can run to. Have you found in His name that shield, that protection, that hiding place? When everything else fails, can you run to God? Because you know that He can take care of all things. Do you view things differently because of the name of God? Knowing God changes things and changes the way we view things. Knowing God as God and knowing the things about God that you and I know of God changes the way that we view things. And we know those things because we know the name of God. Because in His name, we know those things that He provides for us and those things that He does for us. Does the name of the Lord protect you from everything? I want us to consider this morning very briefly and, and we may sometime and point in the future, we may go in depth and study these names, but I want to go over just a couple of the names of God this morning so that we understand who God is and what God is and what God means to us when we really and truly know God. They're the family-related names of God. There's the El, Elohim, El Shaddai, El Elyon. Those, those family-oriented names of God. These all carry the meaning of the strong and the mighty one. He is the strong and the mighty. He is our buckler. He is our shield. He's the strong one. He's the reason we can stand. He's the reason that you and I have salvation. He's the reason the devil cannot, cannot get to us. He's the reason that the evil one has no, has no bearing on us. Because we are in him. And he is the strong and the mighty one. 
We need to realize that He is mighty and His and what His power is. Then we have the name Jehovah. And there's several different aspects of the name Jehovah. Understand, if you will, Jehovah Jireh means the Lord will provide. That was, that was the name that Abraham called out when he took, uh, took Isaac up on the mountain and began to sacrifice him. And the Lord provided a ram in his place. And he named that place Jehovah Jireh. And it was because the Lord will provide. Do you and I know that the God that we serve, the Jehovah God that we serve, is He Jehovah Jireh to you? Does He provide all things? And is all things that are provided His that He has provided? Understand that you and I may get up, we may go to work in the morning, but it is not in our own ability that we do that. The Bible tells us that God holds our breath in His hands. God could close His hands any moment He wanted to. And it would not matter how much resuscitating they do. I would be gone if God closed His hands on my breath. So it is not within my own power that I'll get up on Tuesday morning and go to work. It is not within my power that I got up this morning and got ready and studied and looked at Scripture and and came to church and spent time around the Word of God. It is not within my own power. It is within the power and the might of God. Because God has provided us the ability to do the things that we do. God has provided all things for us. Everything that we have, God has provided. Yes. God can take them away just as quick as He provided them. But God has provided for us. God has given to us. Not only do we have Jehovah Jireh, but we have Jehovah Nissi. It talks about the Lord being our banner. He is, he is our banner. God's banner over us is love. God loved us enough that He sent His Son to die for us on the cross of Calvary so that Christ would suffer the wrath of God that you and I were were condemned under. Were we not? Did did we not just talk about earlier this morning when we were born, we were born children of wrath? Did Paul not tell us in the book of Romans, he he said, we were children of wrath even as others. And yet God saved us. God revealed Himself to us. God's banner over us is that He loved us and He saved us. Jehovah Nissi. Jehovah, Jehovah Shalom. The Lord is our peace. What did Jesus say when he, when, he, when he was talking to his disciples in John chapter number 14? He said, peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. He said, my peace I give unto you. What did he pray? He even prayed down through this, that we would have his joy, that we would have his peace. It is the peace of God. That causes peace in our life. It's Jehovah Shalom. Then we have Jehovah Reha. 
The Lord is my shepherd. That's what David prayed. He said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He restoreth my soul. He maketh me walk by, uh, by the waters. God, he said, the Lord is my shepherd. He leadeth me. You and I have the leading of God. If we know God, He is our shepherd. We know these things about Him. These are not things, these are not things that God does. These are things God is. This is the very essence, the very character. That is the reason that Jesus prayed in His prayer. He prayed in verse number 6. He said, I have manifest thy name. The things that we're seeing are things that Jesus, when He was on the earth, He manifest, He brought to light, He, He displayed, if you will. If any of these things are displayed in you, it would be because God has placed them in you. Then we have uh, Jehovah Tiskanu, the Lord our righteousness. Thank God that we see in Scripture that Jesus Christ is our righteousness. God is our righteousness. What, what is our righteousness before God? Our righteousness is as filthy rags in the nostrils of God. We have no righteousness. We have nothing right to stand before God with. But because God is our righteousness, we can rest in the fact that His righteousness shall not fail. Our righteousness will fail. Our goodness will fail, but the righteousness of God will not fail. It is God who provides everything in connection with our redemption. Our redemption is not because of who we are. It's not because of what we are. It's not because of anything that we've done. Our redemption is solely in and through the Lord Jesus Christ. There is no redemption otherwise. And how do we know all that? We know all of that because Jesus Christ manifests the name of God. Jesus Christ displayed the name of God. Jesus Christ brought to light the name of God. Jesus Christ reveals to us the name of God. Who God is. His very character. Our problem is so much of the time we do not have a right view of God. The problem with the mainstream of this world is they do not have the right view of God. How many times have people referred to God as the old man in a rocking chair sitting in heaven? That's not what God is. God is magnificent. God is greater than you and I could ever understand. And yet, even in light of the fact of the vastness and greatness of God, God chooses for a people to be able to know Him. What a blessing. There is not a king that has ever been a king like my king. There's not a king... There's not a ruler that's ever been a ruler 
like the ruler in which you and I serve. There's no, there's nothing, there is nothing on this earth. In fact, Jesus said, if the books were written that could be written about Jesus Christ, if they were written, the world could not contain them. There is not any ruler. There is not the combination of every ruler that has ever ruled in this world that could even hold a light that even could hold any comparison to who God is and what God is and who God is to His children and to His people. God in His vastness. And that, that, that boggles my mind. That, that, that blows my mind that God in His vastness, God in who He is, Brother Charles has has a desire that I might know Him. What a blessing. What a blessing that God, the God, the Creator of this universe, the great and vastness of God, desires that I might know Him and makes an avenue, makes a way that I can know Him. And that way is the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ, what did He tell His Father in the first section of the Scripture? He said, I have done all things that Thou hast sent me to do. What is that? He manifests God. He manifests the name of God that men might know God. That women might know God. That boys and girls might know God. God, if we could get a hold of that. If we could understand God in His magnificence wants you to know Him. He already knows you. He wants you to know Him. Let's pray. Father, we thank You for the Scriptures. We thank You for the truths that we find in Scriptures. God, help us. Lord, that we may understand that You want us to know You. And Lord, because of that, may it be a drive within us to look into Your Word, to understand the truths of Your Word, and to know You in a greater, more intimate, closer relationship to You. Lord, may we know You as You would have us to know You from the truths of Your Scripture. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.